Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to Irish Illustrated International. JP McGraw and reporter Len Clark here and... Len, <laughs> we finished our podcast yesterday. We thought end of the regular season that'll be we can have a nice little break for a week and, and prepare for a for a bowl game and let let the others worry about their futures. The other teams in in America and suddenly last night I'm in bed. I'm tucked up. I've just finished watching an episode of Seinfeld. I'm I'm getting ready to go to sleep and then my phone starts blowing up with the news that Brian Kelly has left Notre Dame. He will become the new head coach of Louisiana State University. I mean, one of the craziest nights I can ever remember in my in my short short time um, following the Irish, but Len, you've been following the Irish all your life and seen coaches come and go. What are your initial reactions to this crazy news that happened last night? JP, I think you hit it on the head. This is like a Seinfeld episode. <laughs> you know, it doesn't make any sense. Brian Kelly, I thought, did a masterful job this year with his coaching staff. 11-1, and one, a, still a chance to get into the college football playoff and play for a national championship. This one was like a gut punch. It sucked the air out of a lot of people. Uh, it is what it is. We know that money talks, and LSU opened up the checkbook. Rumors have it. Seven-year deal, possibly $115 million, and that's hard to turn down. But both of you and I having Notre Dame lineage, it kind of says something that Notre Dame doesn't have the, the luster as it once did. This was the most coveted job in all its college football. And to somebody to give that up, a sitting coach at Notre Dame, to leave for another program really says a lot. Now, what will Notre Dame do? I can tell you, after coming out of a press conference this morning with Jack Swarbrick, no interim coach has been named for the bowl game. I think that's a smart move. The players, you're probably seeing it on social media, they really want Marcus Freeman. Now, that could cause some rift on the coaching staff. Freeman has never been a head coach. Mike Elston is the associate head coach. Brian Kelly has head coaching experience. So I think Jack Swarbrick, by saying, it's going to be done by committee, everything is in place, we're going to play a football game. 
But he also said that the interim coach, if one was named, would not be considered to be the head coach of the Fighting Irish. So there is still a possibility that it could be a Marcus Freeman. But right now, the, the speculation is who is going to stay on the coaching staff, who is going to follow Brian Kelly. Recruiting signing day is coming up in a couple of weeks. A lot of moving parts, JP. But right now, Notre Dame fans are sad. Some are angry. But others are looking at it as this is a fresh start. I think it was... My initial reactions were that the Lincoln-Riley departure from Oklahoma has got to be arguably the 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 most landscape altering shift ever in college football um if you look at what's happened to Notre Dame and Oklahoma in the past weekend even but mainly these last two days two of the more prestigious college football programs in America have had coaches leave up with prom- promising recruits um uh, uh, promising recruits to stay uh, having ambitions to the program uh, leaving money talking like you said Len it really reminded me when when the, when the when the news came yesterday. It reminded me of a of a of a of a guy who's left his wife of forty years for his secretary that's half his age, and that that is I couldn't get that that thought out of my head for for Brian Kelly leaving now. Obviously, the reports have come out today. Uh, from what I've read, um, he spoke to um, uh, Woodward, the athletics director down at LSU, uh, a month ago. Contact was made, but Brian Kelly spoke to him, but said no, I'm I'm going to stay at Notre Dame. Uh, LSU really wanted Lincoln Riley badly. They were flying out boosters from Baton Rouge uh, to Norman, Oklahoma, to try and convince him. But he he left, and he's now at LSU. and And he always said he wanted a splashy hire for LSU, and he's gone out and got Notre Dame. And I'll say this about Brian Kelly, Len. I understand the knee jerk reaction from fans, and 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 there is can maybe a lot of anger from leaving while assistant coaches are out on the road in kids' houses trying to get them to recruit. Uh, from the uh, 7 a.m. interview, which I hear lasted two minutes this morning, uh, to that pathetic message he sent to the players on the chat. But this is a guy who came in 12 years ago, stabilised a programme that had been lingering in mediocrity for the better, for nearly two decades, produced consistent winning seasons, didn't win the big one, and he has, he's been criticised, and rightly so, for it. But he's brought stability for this team. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm trying to play a bit of devil's advocate here, and, and you mentioned earlier, Len, about his apprehension about the Goog. And I mean, Brian Kelly is on he's, his salary is just over two million. The Arizona head coach gets paid more than him. And Arizona won one game this year. Now, I don't think Brian Kelly would go for the money, but I think the contract is something like 10 million, um, 100 million over 10 years. Crazy stuff. Uh, I don't really want to talk, talk much about Brian Kelly because he, he's made his, deci- uh, made his decision. Um, decision. Um, but yeah, Len, uh, what, a crazy, what a crazy time um, to be a Notre Dame fan. Well, JP, since this is really aimed at a UK listening audience, I mean, this would be like somebody leaving Manchester United to going to Manchester City. Yeah. It's, it's just a real punch in the gut. And I used your analogy about the CEO leaving his wife of 40 years for the secretary half his age, but I added the red Corvette with it as well. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what it really feels like is this, is it, is it real? Is it authentic? It's really a spur of the moment type of a thing, but uh, there's no going back. Brian Kelly is not coming back to Notre Dame. Jack Swarbrick, very political in his statements, really gave thanks to Brian Kelly. 12 years ago when they fired Charlie Weiss, it was a broken program. Today, it's not a broken program. It's a program that has won 10 games or more, five straight seasons. 
I think they could go out and get anybody they want. But if I had the opportunity to be at LSU to ask Brian Kelly a question, the question I would ask him is say, Brian, was it the money? Because you were not LSU's number one choice. Mm-hmm. With head he coaches, it's about ego. Yeah. And it, it's interesting. Brian Kelly was not their first choice. And I want him to know that. He, he, he wasn't. He left Notre Dame. And from what we've picked up, that there was some pressure on him to win a national championship. He had a con, you know, his contract was going through what, 2024. There was a possibility of an extension, uh, perks, bonuses, what have you. And I guess that was put on hold and say, until you win the big one. So going to LSU, you don't have the academic requirements. You've got more money. You've got, you, you can be more of a CEO as opposed to being somebody who needs to be a mouthpiece for the university. Well, Audrum, um, the outgoing coach, was, was kind of like that. He was an excellent recruiter, but he wasn't. He, he had great stuff around him. Joe Brady now, of course, the offensive coordinator for the Carolina Panthers in the NFL. It's interesting. You're right. He wasn't their first choice. I, th- I think in the last seven years, I think they've got five. Rec- Notre Dame has recruited five guys out of Louisiana. Of course, that is one of the most talent-rich states in um, in America. It's just going to be really interesting to see a guy from Boston who's who's who coached at FCS schools and then went to Notre Dame. How he's going to be able to deal with the environment down in Louisiana? But you know what? I'm not. We're not going to talk about Brian Kelly anymore. Well, um, I want to address that because I have a very good friend I used to work for with the Indianapolis Colts, who's an LSU grad. And I asked him that same question. Is this the right fit for your culture? Here's a person from the Northeast, transplant to the Midwest, and now going into the South. And he said, doesn't matter. The only thing that matters down there is winning football games. And he can do so that. He's going to have to put his money where his, his mouth is, or the mouth where the money is. <laughs> so, uh, But it is what it is. Uh, moving forward, what does Notre Dame need to do? Well, Jack Swarbrick said this was a program not about Jack Swarbrick, not about Brian Kelly. The program and the culture has been created by the student athletes. That is the biggest thing going for Notre Dame. Now, if you listen to the student athletes, they want a Marcus Freeman. But the question is, does Notre Dame hire somebody who has never been a head coach? They've went down that road before with Jerry Faust, and it did not work out. Now, Marcus Freeman is not Jerry Faust. I just got off the phone with a very good friend, and he said, we want Marcus Freeman. Who cares if he's got head coaching experience? It's about keeping the recruits. So everybody has an opinion. Everybody has their thoughts. It'll be interesting to hear what Jack Swarbrick says, but what I can tell you about the search, it will be an internal search at Notre Dame. It's not going to be outsourced to a coaching search firm. Swarbrick said that if they do bring in a coaching search firm, it'll probably be for administrative purposes. So a lot of pressure is on Jack Swarbrick, but all good athletic directors in their back pocket have a list of about five people. Mm. Now, are they going to be able to get the top five people? Luke Fickle's name has been rumored out there. Marcus Freeman, Urban Meyer, Bob Stoops. Anybody who's a winning football coach would probably covet this job. Now, will it come down to money? Will they be able to pay? And it's that ego once again. Brian Kelly, after seeing the Michigan State coach get a big contract, uh, is, is Notre Dame going to have to do the same thing to get a coach that they want? 
So that's the big question. It's the money in the game that has really changed the landscape. You mentioned Lincoln Riley, Oklahoma, Texas, bulging to the SEC. Football as we know it has changed. Yeah, this is like a transfer portal for coaches, not just players. Um, I think I think the the most important thing for me is uh, when I was when I was kind of um, looking through my my Twitter feed after Lincoln Riley had left and seeing guy after guy just decommitting, decommitting, flipping to USC. One guy in the last hour, Devin Moore, safeties from Florida, I believe, has come out and said he's decommitted, but seven of the recruits in this year's class and next year's class have all come out and said we are staying um which shows you that the it's not it's not it's not they don't commit to the coach at the university of Notre Dame. you commit to the tradition um you commit to this program this institution but what every one of them had was a picture of marcus freeman and every one of them has has said in the report saying that they want him to be coached now we know how popular he is with the players I think I can't count. I can't count the amount of times the amount of players that have posted on their Twitter pages photos of Marcus Freeman uh, with with various Irish based emojis. <laughs> yeah. um, I un- I, un- I understand the apprehension, end, uh, Len. I believe uh, Charlie Weiss also didn't have any head coaching experience. Uh, obviously, he was the offensive coordinator at the Patriots. But you said it there. College football was changing, and if we look at the the, the, the top coaches outside of of of, of Dabo Sweeney and uh, Nick Saban. Kirby Smart down in Georgia didn't have any coaching experience before he became head coach there. Ryan Day at Ohio State didn't have any head coaching experience before he became head coach there. And Lincoln Riley, who didn't win the big one at Oklahoma, but built an incredibly successful program, didn't not have any head coaching experience. Those are three major schools. The key of the game is recruiting. Georgia in 2018 and 2019 and in 2020 had the number one class twice and the number two class um, at once. They are the best team in college football now, and they are set up for the next five years. Notre Dame has never recruited on the level that they are right now. They're in the top five for, for, for the 2022 class and the 2023 class, and that can only expand. They have never had this recruiting pool maybe for about 10 years, 10, 15 years maybe. That is the name of the game, and that is all because of one man, and that is Marcus Freeman. He gets the players. He's a master recruit, and it's not just on the defensive side because there are tons of guys there, but on the offensive side too. I understand the apprehension, but I think the game is changing. And for me, there is only one person who can take this job. It's not Urban Meyer. Um, it's not Matt Campbell. And it's not Luke Fickle. Um, I firmly believe that, that Marcus Freeman should be the, the next head coach of the University of Notre Dame. But I'll put that back to you later. Which begs the question, if and I agree with a lot of your thoughts, then if that's the sediment, then Jack Swarbrook should have named him the interim mm. right off the bat. Is that being done to kind of save the rest of the college football season for the Fighting Irish, to save any internal brawl, if you will? Uh, I don't know, but you do make a valid point. Hiring Marcus Freeman would preserve the culture and really save Notre Dame football. Bringing in an outside person, a Luke Fickle, Matt Campbell, whoever it is, you've just rolled the clock back three years. You need three years to get the program up to running in, your, in, 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 in the way that you want it to. I don't think Notre Dame has the time. You want to put new treads on tires instead of reinventing the wheel. And what you say makes sense is that you can continue moving forward with the momentum that has been gained over this season by hiring and keeping a Marcus Freeman. But that will probably be at the expense of some of the other coaches. Mm. Now, well, 
will we don't know Marcus Freeman and will he be able to bring in others? Uh, it's you know it's a shame that Brian Kelly didn't leave the way that a lot of programs do, where you bring in an associate head coach and have him mentor for a year and then just hand the reins off to the next coach. That would have been the ideal situation. But in today's world with monopoly money out there, you know, anybody could be bought. Loyalty is to the almighty dollar. And this is another learning experience for Notre Dame. And we don't have the answers. We hear the same rumors that everybody else is doing, but just listening to Jack Swarbrick is that he mentioned the next coach has to have the characteristics of a Notre Dame man. Mm. They've learned from the Weiss debacle. They've learned from previous coaching hires in history. And the more you talk about it, you know, Marcus Freeman exudes all of those traits. And, and, and the, the key is the recruits. Mm. And that needs to be weighed heavily by Jack Swarbrick when a coaching decision is made and hopefully it will be made soon. We don't know if it's going to be before the bowl games or it's going to be afterwards, but we know time is of the essence. Yeah. It's, the clock's ticking. And that's the kind of alarming. I watched the Jack Swarbrick press conference um, this morning and I, I'm not going to get at the guy. He found Brian Kelly didn't tell him. He, he had no uh, contact with Brian Kelly um, uh, other than the brief conversation he had with them last night. No inkling he wanted to leave. We spoke earlier about Brian Kelly's uh, apprehension and and maybe it's slightly annoyance about the facilities at the Goog, um, but uh, as Swarbrick came out and said that there was no there was no conversation about what um, what they should do to re- improve that. So I understand why he is apprehensive. I think Swarbrick clearly is also a little bit like most fans, um, a, a bit um, worried about Marcus Freeman. Um, not, not nothing that he's not a, a great coach. He's a fantastic coach, a fantastic recruiter. But head coaching here, or head coaching in general, but especially head coaching here, is of course a completely um, different mantle. After the Cincinnati game, we kind of spoke and we thought, well, Luke, that's Luke Fickle's audition for the Notre Dame job. You know, he's a Midwestern guy. He's got eight kids or something ridiculous like that. He's not going to move down to LSU. He wants either Notre Dame or Ohio State. He's built a powerhouse program in Cincinnati now. Uh, the only team they've lost to in the last two years have been Georgia. So it makes sense. <laughs> But I'm going to keep on coming back to this recruiting thing, Len, until, until it's blue in the face, because it is so important, uh, I think, even more so now. And he, he said today, recruiting talent and developing talent. And I don't think I've seen, especially in the secondary, because I think the, uh, the um, coach Mickens, the secondary coach, um, if, say, an Elston was to join um, a Brian Kelly or a, or a Tommy Reese on the offensive side, I think Mickens could become the defensive coordinator. I think the, the impact that he has had from last year's secondary unit to this year's secondary unit has been one of the biggest increases um, uh, of, of why this defense has been so great. So I think he and the staff around him and a couple of guys he brought from Cincinnati can develop the talent. It's whether you can look past um, the, uh, the the miss highs in the past and now look for the future. But again, man, I just, I, I reeled off earlier, Ohio State, Georgia and Oklahoma. Some of these guys have been the tone setters, uh, the benchmarkers in college football recently. And their head coaches have had no head coaching experience. It may be time for Notre Dame to uh, to move on with the rest of college football now. Exactly. Now this is the spotlight is on Jack Swarbrick. This could be his legacy. Mm. He could really change the complexion of Notre Dame football. Now he did mention in the press conference that he picked up some, you know, innuendo that Brian Kelly kind of hinted 
that, you know, he would probably be gone. He's been there 12 years. Jack said that's a long time, the longest tenure in, in Notre Dame football history, I believe. You know, Parsegan lasted mm-hmm. 10 years. And Lou Holtz lasted about the same time. But, but Swarbrick should have anticipated. He, maybe he did anticipate. Maybe there is a plan of action. They just need to go through the proper steps to vet. You don't want to have another debacle like what happened when they, George O'Leary was hired before Ty Willingham. So I think it's, I'll give Jack Swarbrick the credit and say that something is probably in motion right now. It's just honoring the process, just making sure that every box has been ticked and that you should have something very, very soon. Uh, let the on-field performance by committee work. I think the system is in place. The players know what they need to do. Do they need coaching? Not necessarily. Somebody will step up. It's the next man mentality. It applies to coaches as well. So I'm not worried about the on-field product for the next couple of games. So a lot of things need to be answered in the next couple of days. Who's going to be the head coach at Notre Dame? What's going to happen next weekend? Where does Notre Dame shake out and where they're going to play in the bowl game? or a college football playoff. But we've got a lot to talk about on, on the next podcast, don't we? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, the name is going to – the news is going to be – the media frenzy is going to be crazy. Um, in fairness, I think it is a bit of an embarrassment of Richard's rugging between uh, uh, Luke Ficker and, and Marcus Freeman because they would be two excellent highs, especially um, Luke Ficker. He's done a um, commendable job. Your thoughts on uh, Urban Meyer, Len, of course, uh, a former assistant at Notre Dame, said it was his dream job, but snubbed, snubbed the Irish, I believe, in 2009 when they fired Charlie Weiss to head down to Florida. Now, of course, he, he's won everywhere he's been, uh, Florida, Ohio State, now at the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's came out and said that he's, he's not entertaining this college football talk, but we know Urban Meyer. Respect um, Urban Meyer as a football coach, but if you take a look at his off-field antics, you know that doesn't qualify him with the characteristics that Notre Dame needs or wants. I think that's just opening up a Pandora's box. Uh, there's too many liabilities, and we never can tell. He could be the head coach, coach of Notre Dame, but uh, just our talk, you know, Mike, Marcus Freeman. We know who he is. He's already in place. It's not going to be that big of a transition. Urban Meyer brings a lot of baggage. You know, he brings a lot of success as well, but he's had issues wherever he's been as well, mental or health. And uh, Notre Dame doesn't need that. They just need somebody to concentrate on taking the program to the next level. And let's see if Notre Dame takes another gamble and hires somebody that does not have head coaching experience, although history would say that's not a good, great hire. But the big factor, recruiting, as you talked about. Mm, yeah, no. Well, I'm going to reassure fans, crazy news, but – from the reaction of the players, the support behind the university, which is the most important thing. And then, of course, the reaction of the recruits has all been extremely positive. Um, it's We all expected Brian Kelly to leave. Um, it's a shame in the way he's left, especially the year he uh, he uh, uh, passed Newt Rockney as the uh, all-time winningest coach. God, that's going to that's gonna stink a bit now. <laughs> yeah, let's talk about that. A lot of people want those those wins. To wins be the game, yeah. And yeah. get the record back to Rockney. So, hey, if they want to do that to kind of have a little uh, little vengeance or, you know, make them feel better about it, it is what it is. And it's time to move on. There's always something, you know, change is hard, but there's a lot of optimism right now. And I'm really looking forward to how this will blossom. And uh, Notre Dame is in control of it right now. So we'll find out what Jack Swarbrick's going to do in the next couple of days. Mm. 
yeah, but we'll be back. We'll be, we don't know when we're going to be back. There might be a new, a new coach announcement uh, whenever. Um, of course, we'll be back for the ahead of the bowl game. One more, one more, Len. I've been thinking about this all day. A name that hasn't come up. And I'm not saying he would leave the place he's at, but he's a, he's a Catholic man. Um, Nick Saban. Is there any chance Jacksonville can completely ruin college football? Saban has been has been pissed off this year uh, uh, down at Alabama. He's been annoyed annoyed at fans. Um, they've struggled, but they haven't really struggled. What well, they have, but they're, they're, they're eleven and one. Add it to the we, list. Happy down in Alabama, but I think I, I know Nick Saban's a Catholic. Um, he's the greatest college football coach of all time. He's He's already he already has a history of leaving schools. He's left LSU. He's left even the NFL. If Jack Swarbrick comes knocking and asking to take over at, at, at Notre Dame, um, uh, <laughs> who knows? Saban, Saban, you know, he's not going to get the players because of the academic requirements, and that's you know, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. Uh, you know, right off the top of my head is you know Bob Stoops, former yeah. Oklahoma coach, really wanted this, and you know he's back as the interim coach of Oklahoma. Catholic from uh, Youngstown, Ohio. So grew up a Notre Dame fan. You know, I, I think he could bring some positives as well. But you start from scratch again. And you mentioned, you know, we want to keep the recruits. We want to keep this environment going. And uh, the more the more you talk, the more the case has been made for Marcus Freeman. And so I'm not I'm glad I'm not making that decision that <laughs> Jack Swarbrick is going to make that decision. Yeah. But I just hope they make the right hire in the spirit of what Notre Dame means and it's just not a nuclear arms race where somebody wants a job, get a couple of million dollars, and then use it as a resume builder and head off to the pros. Mm. Well, Len, great talking to you. What a crazy 24 hours it's been. Hopefully we can get a little bit more sleep tonight, but you never know with this college football uh, 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 landscape at the moment. Um, we'll be back again on Monday. Keep watching Seinfeld because there's probably an answer for this whole situation in there as well, okay? <laughs> Kramer for coach. <laughs> definitely Len. great to talk to you right. um yeah as i said we'll be back again next week unless the crazy happens and uh, nick saban comes down to south bend um putting my two cents out there but Len, great to talk to you uh len clark jacob McGraw. as always go irish Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.